on the West Coast, and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? And once a month, we go up to South Bend, Indiana to visit with our retail banking coach, John Wilkening at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Twelve years, over 600 episodes, and here we are a year into our special episode, Bank Like a Champion. Today we do it once a month. Hey, John Wilkening. Hey, Jason. Always a pleasure to be on the show. God bless. Thank you. Always good to have you. Believe it or not, here we are on episode 12 of Bank Like a Champion. Um, Sounds like you guys had a pretty darn good first quarter. Tell us about it. Unbelievable. I mean, you know, for under a billion dollars, and we don't do indirect finance, and we touch every loan and every member, uh, the financial physician program and the the discipline that it provides uh, led us to a $50 million first quarter, which, you know, is usually the slowest quarter of the year. Take that back to 2014, the year before I joined Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, Jason. They ended up, they closed 32 million for the entire year. So to hit 50 in January, February, and March, which, uh, February and March were our all-time two biggest months in the history of this credit union. I can't be more excited about 2022. Uh, we're doing so much training. We're bringing up another level of, uh, a, another row of financial uh, physicians. Uh, we've got 18 more people right now in their certification and training classes, and the army of missionaries just gets bigger, my friend. It sure sounds like it. I was thinking about the financial physicians. I absolutely love that. The other day in the mail, with all the obligatory coupons and ads for roofing and siding and foundation repair, my health care provider, Humana, uh, sent me a letter about, hey, have you scheduled your annual physical, you know, have you scheduled your annual physical checkup? And it made me instantly think about what you talk about, the financial physicians. That to me sounds like something that every credit union should be doing, encouraging their member owners or a community banking brand, encouraging their customers once a year to sit down with somebody in person or at the very least on the phone and go through their financial vital signs, their financial well-being. And you and I agree on that, don't we? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we'll go to a doctor and we'll learn this and that. We'll read, read owner's manuals of things we buy, but we won't go in and talk about our money health. And you know what? Uh, the banks and the, a lot of credit unions are failing their, their constituents, their members, their customers. And you know what? They're in the commodity business. Somebody calls up, has a need, they fulfill that need. I'm not talking cross-sells or any of the other stuff that the people in the bleachers and their metrics they want to talk about. I live in the arena. I win my battles. My team wins their battles day-to-day at the kitchen tables of the areas we serve. But it's nationally who we serve, so it's all across this America. And it's our goal with 60,000 members to sit down and talk to every one of them once a year and say, where do you want to be on December 31st? What's your goal this year that would make you feel you had a successful financial year to start lining up your future? And we go through there, and let me tell you a statistic, Jason. This is why financial position is recession-proof. This is why financial position will win in any climate, just like what we did during the pandemic. 
uh, we're needed more than ever during an inflation. We're cutting bills. Last week, when we hit $5 million in consumer loans, all direct, of course, uh, when, when we did that, our members that borrowed from us, their monthly bills went down $56,000. In five days, we lowered that pool of people that did business with us. Their monthly budget went down by $56,000. Well, to me, that is what just is separating y'all from everybody else. And I've done that in my own life, John. You know, I, I broke up with Flo over at Progressive Insurance after a 23-year relationship and moved my business to USAA simply for the savings because, of course, everything is more expensive these days. I think the financial checkup, that's something we're going to keep talking about. I think that has tremendous potential, not just at the Notre Dame Federal Credit Union brand, but at any banking brand, and that's something you'll hear us continue to talk about on the Bank Like a Champion Today show. The next thing I want to ask you is a more difficult question. I was down at the Mergers and Acquisitions Conference in San Antonio, Texas, Republic thereof, last week, visiting with a uh, friend, I think somebody that you know, Stephen Bug from Great Lakes Credit Union right up the road in Illinois, and I asked him a very pointed question, and I'm going to ask you. I said, you know, your credit union has been very successful. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has been very successful. And I said, can you really attribute any of that to the league? I'm of the opinion that we need one national league and then at the state level for state advocacy, maybe have a credit union, a larger credit union sponsor that, that lobbyist or whatever, and then rotate it every year. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union thrived during COVID-19 versus simply surviving. And I think a lot of that, the culture you have built, the ability to grow the way you have, I think that has been done exclusively by the ingenuity and creativity of the people that work at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, not from anything that happens at the league. And to be at the mergers and acquisitions conference, it was no better reminder that every day, every week, every month, every year, there are fewer and fewer credit unions. And yet, I never see a decrease in the staff at CUNA, NAFQ, and the leagues. And I think it's an honest question, John. Do we need to reevaluate the league system after COVID-19? You know, I don't know the answer to that, Jason, because there is value in the leagues uh, and, and, and CUNA and Matthew. And I'll tell you one thing about the Indiana Credit Union League. Um, for a lot of the uh, you know, credit unions that aren't growing as fast uh, or they're having hiccups in developing business, I could speak to the Indiana Credit Union League. Is they do regular once-a-month uh, calls, uh, webinars, and they are trying to help, which is better than doing nothing. Um, I don't blame the leagues or the trade organizations for problems and lack of growth. I, I, you know, I blame it at the individual organizations. But I think, you know, honestly, uh, and I've been on some Indiana Credit Union League uh, webinars and calls, they are trying to give ideas. They are trying to share who's succeeding, who's not. Uh, and they, talk, they, uh, they battle some uh, tough subjects. And, you know, they're trying to advance it. But, again, you know, you're teaching through a webinar, you're teaching through the phone, and you're in, and you got a uh, you know you got a branch administrator leading your retail or your sales group, um, and that's where the failures are. 
you know, I don't, I, I don't blame CUNA, NAFCU, or the credit union leagues. I think they're doing, you know, I think they're all in. They're doing what they think is right. But the fact of the matter is we have to break out of the norm and think like, you know, those folks, when they get off those webinars or off those phone calls, often they just go back to doing business the exact same way they already did it. So I will, I'm not going to blame NAFCU, CUNA, or the credit union leagues. I'm going to blame the leadership at those respective credit unions. That's where it really lies. Because you know what? If you're not finding value from those organizations, then you just don't go to the webinar on the call and you go about your work day, don't you? Well, yeah, or you don't send dues to them, and that's my point. I, like I said, I'm not blaming them. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying I think we need to honestly reevaluate whether a credit union should be spending $12,000 on a membership for a league, and it's not the credit union spending the money. They're investing the member owner's money in something, and the only explanation I ever get from anybody is because we've always done it, which is something people like you and I always make fun of. Why do we do things that we've always done just because we've always done them? And then, of course, the other reason that I get reflexively is that famous word, advocacy. I cannot think of one single legislative victory that has benefited credit unions in the last 20 years. And if the whole point of advocacy is to lower regulations and compliance headaches, how does anybody explain the fact that next year we've got this whole new thing coming up with CECL, current expected credit loss, which is another time suck for credit unions that they're going to have to invest time and money in. My question is, what has all this money on advocacy accomplished? And that's probably a question we'll have to continue to revisit at another time. But I do appreciate you uh, answering that question the way that you did. Finally, I was thinking about this. This is our 12th episode, and it's been a while since I asked you just a fun question about you personally because it's something I don't even know the answer to. John, what was your very first job? Because nobody ever forgets. You know, honestly, my first job was really on a bicycle, and I'm a true neighborhood guy. You know that. And uh, right. literally, what I would do, literally, what I would do with my bicycle every day was make runs for people in the uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, Miss Mar Marge Henry was working at the Suds Tub. She liked the White Castle coffee while she was running the laundromat. I made a trip for her. There was an old Jake's bar where four older gentlemen would play poker every day in a booth, and I'd walk in there, you know, at the old times, and say, "Hey, does anybody want hot dogs from Hockey Lou Hot Dog Louis, who was famous?" <laughs> Um, and so I was that kid in the neighborhood. I was that kid that witnessed everything and was always everywhere. I had a baseball coach one time, Dave Zago, say when I finally was old enough to join Little League, I finally turned eight years old, but I had been at the field so much that he said, hey, there's John John Wilkin, and he's a 12-year veteran of the Whiting Little League. I was eight years old. So I, that was really my first job. And then the first time I got a paycheck from anybody, I was like 10 years old, the old Goldblatt's, when you, I would deliver their sales papers. But most of my good money as a kid – uh, was working for a dollar or two dollar tips while I was running for people. Nice, nice. And I'm sure you reported all of that to the IRS. No, you don't have to do that when you're that age. I'm sure you didn't have to do that at that age. That is great. That is fascinating. And yes, you are definitely a community guy. And I think it's really helped with the culture that you're building over at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. His name is John Wilkin. He is our retail banking coach. And he wants to remind you too. Bank like a champion today and every day. 
Absolutely. Hey, speaking of Indiana and Indiana Credit Union League, let me say hello to my new connection out on LinkedIn, one Miss Michelle Carrera. She is a senior consultant at the league. I should say that the right way. Michelle Carrera. I am Latin after all. And of course, if anybody wants to come on and say, hey, no, the league is very important. The league is a viable part of the credit union marketplace. I am happy to hear you out. But history is, history changes things. And we've been through a cultural, political, geographic, global, cataclysmic event. COVID-19 compressed 10 years of inevitable changes into one. It is 2032 in banking years. And some of the things that we did in the 20th century, we need to start thinking, do we still need to do them? If you disagree with me, believe me, you're always welcome on this show. My name is Jason Dyes, and even though it sends many people at Filene and CUNA into therapy when I say it, this is the Power Performance Podcast, the one and only, and we'll be back next week. Take care. Oh, but it-